Welcome to our discussion of a Murthy Law Firm case study. My name is Adam Rosen. I'm an attorney with the Murthy Law Firm in our Special Projects Department. And with me is another Special Projects Department attorney, Anna Stepanova. Now we will be discussing the kinds of cases that the Murthy Law Firm sees and the issues that come up in non-immigrant status reinstatement, often referred to as non-protunk. So, Anna. Hello, what? everybody. Non-protunk stands for now, for then. What does it mean exactly? It's a legal tool that allows the person to ask for a specific action when the time for it has already expired. In the immigration context where we uh, work and what we discuss today, it is most often used to ask USCIS to waive a late uh, filing to obtain a decision that would have applied retroactively. For example, if a foreign national in H status or any other non-immigrant status has had his or her status lapse and the time for filing to extend that status or change to a different status has passed, he or she may, in some very restrictive cases, file a nunk-pro-tunk to request USCS to excuse their failure to file a timely application or petition so that the gap in status could be filled. So this would be a situation where somebody's status, let's say H-4, for example, was valid on their I-94 card until January 1st, 2009, and then for whatever reason an application wasn't filed on time or perhaps it was filed late and if it was filed late it was simply denied because it was filed late or if the status expired and nothing happened and a person at some later point in time tries and wants to get back into status, they would make a request under this nunk-pro-tunk provision of the law to be grant, request and be granted status that starts from when their last I-94 card expired. Yes, but I said that would be possible only under very, very strict uh, requirements. So the requirements are, there are four of them. The first one is that the delay was due to extraordinary circumstances beyond the control of the applicant or petitioner, and the service finds the delay commensurate with the circumstances. The next one is that the uh, foreign national has not otherwise violated his or her non-immigrant status. Uh, the third one is that the foreign national remains a bona fide non-immigrant. And finally, that they're not the subject of deportation proceedings. So if the status has expired and the person wants to get the status reinstated, they would have to meet all four of the requirements and have to be able to show enough facts that would rise to this concept of extraordinary circumstances. So can you talk about what kinds of situations might qualify as extraordinary? Yes, I can uh, give you a few examples of what we see here at the Mercy Law Firm. Most often we see cases where clients in H-4 status, most commonly they're spouses of H-1B workers, although they can be children also. And those um, eight people in H-4 status have failed to maintain status because they simply did not understand the requirement of filing their own application to extend their status. 
many of these clients honestly believed that they would continue to be in valid H-4 status by virtue of their spouse maintaining their H-1B status. But remember, as, uh, and as uh, Attorney Rosen just pointed out, making a mistake is not enough to show extraordinary circumstances. So in all of these cases, it's important to see what other circumstances prevented them from filing a timely request to extend their status. In many of the cases that we assist our clients with here at the Murphy Law Firm, the H-4 spouses are, for example, women who may have extraordinary circumstances due to medical problems, their own medical problems, or their children's medical problems, and they also rely on their husbands to take care of all of the family immigration matters. So... The as the most common situation of the H-4 dependent of the H-1B worker, is that exclusive? Does USCIS consider and as uh, in the same fashion treat people who are needing and wanting their reinstatement of H-4 of H or H-1B status, perhaps, or another other statuses to be reinstated? You're right. The regulation is not uh, limited to people in H-4 status, for example. It just happens to be the most common example that we see most often uh, at the Murphy Law Firm. In other cases, for example, H-1B um, employees may fall out of status because of the defective petition that was filed on their behalf or no petition um, at all, and that could, result, could have resulted in a gap in their H-1B status. We have also assisted clients who entered the U.S. in B-1, B-2 visitor status for, for example, medical treatment, cancer treatment, uh, including um, very, uh, very uh, sympathetic situations. Or uh, they could have entered uh, the U.S. to spend time with their ill relative. For different reasons, which were outside of their control, they failed to file a timely application for an extension of status and therefore fell out of status. And in a lot of those cases, we successfully assisted them with uh, an application, non protonc application, to waive the late filing requirement. I'm sorry, to waive the requirement to file timely. Yet one of the limitations of the H-1B situation is the requirement of a labor condition application because the certified LCA does need to be available for the period that there is no status in order for immigration to be able to grant the H-4 retroactively or nunk-pro-tunk, reinstating the individual back into H-1B status. Now, this is an important thing that I mention because it's part of what we do here at the Murthy Law Firm when someone comes to us in this situation in gathering all of the facts and looking at the entire history so that we can decide and assess whether or not a nunk-pro-tunk filing would be advisable and whether or not it would be worth it because one of the, the risks associated with it is the initiation of deportation proceedings when immigration lear learns of such an individual's existence. That's exactly right. Uh, Nankpratank is not the most proper course of action in each and every case when the individual failed to maintain their non-immigrant status. If the individual has not been unlawfully present for over 180 days in the U.S. so that he or she would be barred from reentry when they leave, 
and they do not have a very strong case, for example, and they can't travel, we simply advise them to travel and re-enter the U.S. in valid status. In those cases, it is not advisable to file a non-crotonc application waiting for the results when the, uh, and if the result is not an approval, then the individual might have uh, accrued more than 100, 180 days of unlawful presence at that point, and it would be too late to fix it, uh, this situation by travel. So one of the most important things that we can talk about and that we tell to people who consult with us prospectively considering an action like this and hiring the Murthy Law Firm is how important it is to, cons to be informed, to remain informed, to consult with an attorney, to make sure that when you have a document like an I-94 card that is expiring, to find out what you need to do when it expires, what the consequences of that might be, so that you, anybody can take the appropriate steps in order to ensure that while a person is in the United States, they are here lawfully. I would just add one uh, advice, uh, piece of advice to, to this, Adam. If someone advises you not to do anything and just wait uh, for the law to change or for something to happen, get a second opinion. Because the longer the wait, the less likely it is that you will be able to resolve your status issue. Thank you very much to everyone who is listening to us today. Thank you.